This is We Are What We Overcome. This episode was recorded remotely on the 18th of May 2020. Hang on. Has Neil actually been able to do some editing? Wow. <clears throat> this is the fourth lockdown special recorded earlier this year, during Mental Health Awareness Week. What you are about to hear are the ramblings and reflections of four ordinary people, drawing on their own personal and occasionally professional experiences. These conversations are unprepared, subjective, and should not be taken as medical advice or instruction. Anyone seeking help should always carry out their own research, or better yet, speak to a professional about their circumstance. I'm going to hit the button now and see what it does. Uh, it is recording, although it wasn't a minute ago, so it's preparing to live stream the meeting, which in my experience means it's not going to live stream the meeting. <laughs> we Are What We Overcome on this occasion features musician Matt McGuinness, improviser Nick Tyler, media producer Neil Monroe, and psychotherapist Wes Evans. Let's go. I think we should take. I think we should take a positive. That's the whole point about mental health awareness of the week, which is this week, and we should take a positive from it. So we may well be talking to ourselves, which, in one sense, is fine. <laughs> uh, the other thing is we might be talking to lots of people. Um, but there we go. Anyway, welcome to the We Are What We Overcome podcast with my fellow guests and friends and people all around the table. Um, do we want to? We always start this off. Uh, with a, a quick check-in, um, and then we'll talk about what we're going to talk about, and then we'll actually talk about what we said we were going to talk about. Anyway, who's first? Nick? I'm going first. Uh, I'm okay. I had a slightly weird week, I think, at the working from home and not really going out or seeing other people has left me a little bit detached from reality, which maybe isn't that different to how I normally am. I'm just more aware of it, um, not just not caring about news popping up and things happening. It's going, yep, don't care, got nothing to do with me. Can I not just hide in a hole somewhere? So that made me kind of grumpy. Um, it's just strange. That I think also because I didn't get to work in the garden as much last week uh, as I did previously. And working outside has been really good. I've got my office with monitors set up on a table under a gazebo. And as long as it's above about 16 degrees, I'm not at that much risk of getting hypothermia. Came in on Friday when my lips went blue. Uh, that was uh, probably too long. I'm guessing uh, you mean Fahrenheit, not degrees C. No, I mean degrees C. Okay. Is it? Yeah. Well, yeah, of course, yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> I, I, you American, British young man. I, I don't know. What are numbers? Who knows? So, yeah, that's been a bit odd. I, I seem to have poked up again this week because it's warm. So I get to go outside. And uh, my big achievement is uh, <laughs> starting playing uh, Lego Star Wars again on the Nintendo Wii. I'm already at 25% complete, and uh, I feel like for the first time in this quarantine period, I've achieved something. <laughs> mm. How about you, Neil? Uh, I'm good. Um, yeah, so last week has been, yeah, not bad. Uh, I've sort of made a concerted effort a couple of times to go out for like hour-long walks and stuff. Managed it three times over last week uh, and it was over. So I just listened to an audio book uh, whilst doing it. Like on Saturday, I woke up at like five and just went, I'm not sleepy. I may as well get up and go for a walk. So I uh, went for a walk and uh, then my phone rang an alarm when I'd normally be waking up, which was weird. Um, but yeah, no, been good. Um, yeah, uh, I've got some work actually coming up this week. Had to do like a um, risk assessment, uh, sort of obviously basic risk assessment, but including how 
to be sensible uh, with like distancing and stuff like that and so forth, which, yeah, so that's good. That's How about excellent. you, Will? Uh, I'm all right. I've been really busy. Um, crazy thing to be doing during this period of time, I suppose, but I've actually started a new job. So I've been in the process of leaving one job and starting another one. So I've been really occupied with that, I suppose, getting my head stuck into that. But yeah, feeling all right on the whole. Not doing too bad. Matt, how are you doing? All right, I've been uh, I've been uh, getting up quite early, and then I realised this morning I've been going to bed at ten, getting up at six. So it's actually eight hours sleep. Isn't it? So <laughs> that isn't actually a bad thing. That's I've been, I've been thinking for weeks. That's really bad. I've been getting up. At, everything starts at six, which is a new song. Um, but it's actually all right, and I've been writing quite a lot, um, so pretty positive. I had a great thing this, this morning. I was I, I drove through the village, um, and just noticed that one of the houses has lots of balloons and flags and stuff outside, with a big "Welcome Home" banner, um, and so that made me feel really positive. I've no idea who they are, um, <laughs> except obviously very happy and relieved people, which is two good things. Mm, Some other people being happy is good. Mm. Yeah, the right people, I guess. I guess so. (laughs) (laughs) Sure, I mean, damn the others. Uh, Yeah, you can pretend not to know them and be happy for them. That's okay. Uh, No, I'm I'm really happy for them. It's it's just, it's just that time, isn't it? You know, I suppose it just struck me that maybe ten weeks ago you'd think they'd probably come back from a few months of touring Australia or something, and they were eighteen. Do you know what I mean? Whereas Mm. for now, you know, that's probably not true <laughs> just a quick tour of a hospital ward hmm. yeah or a slow slow non-tour yeah ah, geez, but yeah gives a break hmm. so good so this this fortnight we're talking about coincidentally and it is no coincidence uh, mental health awareness because it is the start of mental health awareness week um so that's what we decided to chat about and i think nick should go first on this one Sure. Um, I, I figured there are two main bits to awareness of mental health. There's awareness of our own mental health, uh, which is quite complicated and is probably an important um, precursor to having awareness of other people's mental health. Um, I reckon it's probably quite hard to assess someone else's mental health if you're not in a good place. Uh, on the other hand, it might be easier to make assumptions about other people's mental health, skipping entirely how you personally feel. Um, I guess both of those probably do work. So I thought maybe we'd have a chat about how we assess or keep track of our own mental health if we do in any useful way um obviously we have our little check-in at the beginning of this which i think is an important first part which is thinking about whether or not the state of your own mental health well i was just going to say actually yeah the the check-in that we do at the beginning each time that is us kind of tracking our own mental state isn't it Mm. maybe we should start by talking about that what are some of the ways in which uh, we think about our own mental health, track it, keep what are some of the things I know you you might notice if you're not so good or if it if it's a particularly good spell for you. Anybody got anything they want to offer for that? It's a time of day for me. I um I don't know what it is, but it's getting better. But I'm I try to get everything done by early afternoon because at some point between normally between half two and about five, my head just goes completely. Just, you know, I, I was, um, I said earlier, I was trying to write stuff and I did this, I was writing this bit about um, going from 
been able to cure the world of all its problems and it being fairly straightforward and easy. We just don't want to do a lot of it, but it just seems obvious. And I wish I was in charge and I could fix it sort of thing <laughs> to um, not really thinking I can write two lines or turn the computer on. Um, and it's that, daily, that, That's a daily occurrence, is it? Oh, yeah, every day, yeah. But the way I'm coping with it is... Um, I just pack in everything <laughs> at a certain point. And um, what's the other option? It's just uh, I can't achieve anything. So, But if I get up early enough and I get on with it, I get enough done. And then, um, but it, it's, it, it has been difficult to get used to because I used to just go straight through and work, you know, until, uh, I guess originally until pub time or something. Or, and now it's like, some days so it's now, you know, pretty early. Now during this time, or now as in nowadays, kind of thing. I just, I'm just. Um, do you mean that at the moment? I think I've noticed. I think I've noticed it more because I'm working. You know, I'm at home working. I'm not sort of pretending to work, and uh, as I'm sure you're all aware, I'm going to numerous coffee shops with numerous different people to chat about ifs, but some maybes, um, which is pretty much my job. Um, so I'm, I'm actually just getting stuff done. You know, and having to actually do things, you know, whether that's right or whatever. Um, but it, it, I've noticed it since I've been in this lockdown that it, it comes to a point in the day I've just got to stop and um, eat an ice cream and sit on the trampoline and think about um, just stuff. You know? Why well, I can't jump up and down on the trampoline is one of them. You know, just stuff like that, just just things. But it works. So. That sounds like a, that sounds like a good aspect of self care. You, you notice that you're effectively useless for whatever reason between two and five, and now just try not to do anything during that time. That makes yeah. perfect sense. Pick up uh, on a pattern, almost, isn't it? How did you? How did you? I don't know. Kind of notice that you were useless during two and five, because I suspect most of us don't. We just struggle through the day. I've had days that have been really unproductive, and I've just sat there swearing at the computer or staring into space frustrated that I'm not doing anything but I haven't noticed it in a, in a way that I could do anything about whereas you clearly have well I think I just got to the point where I was thinking and partly because I mostly work for myself and uh, all the people I, I work for in a small way of just you know uh, I work with them in terms of ideas and stuff so sometimes it's not not a specific thing as it's not like digging a road okay um but um I guess I just got to the point where I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't actually do anything. I couldn't write three lines or something. I, I couldn't actually, you know. Um, the other day, you know, I, I was, I was thinking, I was chatting uh, with my other half about speech to text, you know, um, and 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 then Charlie and we were trying to work out the best way of doing it. And Charlie, who's like twelve, walked in, leaned over my shoulder, pressed a button on Word, and said, "Just that." <laughs> and so. And, and I thought, crikey, I've just discovered something that's going to revolutionise me because I can just speak and it'll come out and I don't have to, and maybe that's the reason why. And it was, it was nothing to do with that. It was just another distraction. It's like <laughs> shopping. It's just another distraction. So I just give in. I just, and it, and it worked. I just, as soon as I get to the point where I hit that brick wall, where I can't, I can think of what I need to do in some sense, but I can't, I mean, I can't be bothered doing it. I just can't do it it isn't just laziness i just my head just goes and and going from the point at six in the morning where i would would fight the good fight to you know two or three in the afternoon where i 
not, you know, I can't even do the smallest thing. It just seemed the obvious thing to do, and it and it works. It sounds it sounds kinder to yourself, and well, better for your mental health to work around that instead of trying to battle through it. And mm. uh, yeah, that makes sense to me. As you were talking, I was thinking about myself, and I was thinking of something about motivation and and being able to get stuck into whatever it is that you're trying to do. And I think for me, that's how I will know. That's how I gauge where I'm at is because I can feel my lack of motivation. So if, if I'm not feeling particularly great, and uh, I think that's something that I've noticed the odd time throughout this lockdown period, because I struggle with this big change in a routine or feeling cooped up. On the whole, I'm doing all right, but every now and again, I'll have a day where I'm really feeling that the motivation is just sapped out of me. So yeah, I suppose that's what I was, I was relating to part of what you were saying there. It's different because yours is about a time each day, but the motivation part of it, I suppose, is what I was relating to. That's how I yeah. know if I'm feeling great. That makes sense. I suppose I, 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 the most important thing is paying attention to it. Um, I, I find it very easy to have a shit day and then just shrug, <laughs> have a pint, and go to back and go to sleep, and not really think about what what there might have been during my day that took me off course or pissed me off whereas if I had spent five minutes thinking about it I probably could have identified it I might not have done anything about it but I think part of that motivation is the willingness to identify what might be wrong yeah I, I say no when I've been <coughs> depressed and I'm more antidepressants then I just I'm not interested in even in trying to solve the problem you know, I, I can't even get motivated enough. You know, well, why, why am I happy? No, I don't care. It doesn't matter. Screw it. It'll it'll all be over soon anyway. So why even try and um, why even try and resolve it? So I find it's, I guess that's almost meta motivation to to be aware of mental health. Can so you come to terms with the fact of thinking I'm uh, not even going to bother trying to find it, and it actually doesn't matter? Does that actually help, or is it? Uh, no, no, it just leads into a general decline uh, of mental health in general, um, because that, you can ignore it for a little while. And I guess that's the difference between um, a, a, a sort of mood change or a sort of, we talked about this before, I think, between, you know, having a crap day and, and it being an actual mental health issue. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's a problem when you can't shake it. Everyone has the odd bad day and sure, you just get up the next day and it's actually fine because you've forgotten whatever it was that you're doing. But if it's something more serious, it will persist. So I think if it just happens occasionally, eh, it's maybe not that big a deal. But maybe it's worth noting mm. that, you know, on you know, the odd Tuesday, you have kind of a crappy day. Maybe there's a pattern emerging. But if it's an occasional thing, I, I suspect it doesn't matter for me that much. Mm. Yeah, and I get that. It also makes me think about something about accepting of, of where you're at as well, though. I, mean, there's, I suppose there's a couple of different branches of the way we're talking about this, but. Yeah, so there's there's something about spotting patterns or not sweating the small stuff, but then paying attention if it's going to be a serious problem and stuff. But there's also this idea of kind of dismissing, ignoring, shrugging off, or acknowledging where you're at, isn't there? There's that kind of thinking. And there's something called the paradoxical theory of change, which is it's basically what, in a nutshell, what it's saying is you've got to kind of accept who you are or where you're at before you can hope to to move that along into a, to something different. And I suppose in, in general terms, it's kind of like if we, if we sit there kind of denying who we are or how we're feeling or, or what's going on, um, 
then in some ways we're kind of we're kind of stuck there you know it's not until we embrace what is or acknowledge what is that we can have some hope to to, to for that to change or for it to be something mm. different so when that you were sense. saying matt you know like between two and six I'm, I'm no good well you know you're going with that you're acknowledging it and, you, and you're, you're not fighting against it are you and i suppose in the same way nick when you were saying if you're checking in with yourself and really being honest well actually i'm, I'm not okay as opposed to shrugging it off um yeah so, it feels a bit more like a break i mean i, I went through a period of, i guess was a breakdown you know maybe eight eight years ago um and it feels a bit more like that you know that it's just an immense amount of pressure on your head um, about nothing, um, you know, where everything becomes the, the most difficult to deal with. The most stupid things are just monumentally hard. Um, and to anybody else around you, they just, you know, they just say, why don't you just do that? And, you think, well, yeah. um, and so it feels a bit like that. Um, and I don't know what's changed in me because I, um, you know, I used to be able to just go straight through and do it all. Um, so it's just the way to deal with it, isn't it? You know, it, well, it, it is a very individual to thing. That that was the case, or to try and ignore that would just cause more problems, though, wouldn't it? See what I mean? Mm. Just, as, just as like if you were if you were to try and hide feelings or cover over feelings, for you to deny that or fight against it wouldn't wouldn't help at all, would it? it in no. fact, it would just add an extra layer of kind of problem to it. Yeah. Mm. Acknowledging it makes a lot of sense to me. You say, I feel sad. All right, great. Do you want to do anything about that? Not really. Um, that's also fine. Um, at least you know that you're sad and you're going to dwell in there for a little yeah, while, yeah. which exactly. is not, doing, you know. Doing something and not doing something is one thing, but acknowledging and ignoring is another, isn't it? Yeah, um, because being able to make that choice is an indication that things aren't, are, perhaps are not that terrible. Yeah, I, I guess we, we talked about this a lot when we talked about suicide and other things. But yeah, it, it's when you run out of choices or the ability to make choices, to decide positively or negatively, then you're in trouble. You know, yeah. what you're able to go, you know what, I'm going to wallow in this for a day. I'm going to cry in the corner and I'm going to do nothing of any value. Everybody's frozen for me and don't know if it's me that's dropped out or if it's you that's dropped out. Uh, yeah, you're, you're frozen for me. You're me <laughs> Your eyes popped open beautifully, though, <laughs> um, as you unfroze. So that was quite alarming. <laughs> You're like a cartoon character that's just been hit. <laughs> um, so the audio was still there, was it? But oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. We could still hear you. Yeah, I think being able to make a choice is whether whether an active one or not is is important. And I think for me, if I recognise that I'm not capable of choosing to either cheer myself up or interact with someone like my other half who I live with, um, you know, that'd be the first measure often for me that I'm not in a good place. Is there sort of comes like, what is wrong with you? And I'm like, oh, right, oh, leave me alone. I'm fine. So I don't feedback from other people is a is an indicator for you then, especially I, your other. Mm. Yes, I find that very useful. Okay. I uh, sort of similar to sort of Matt's thing. There's some similarities where when I realise in a day when I'm working, a point where I might need to pause, but it's more a case of unless I. I, I'm happy to, and I know I'm not struggling. I will make sure I'm not working really beyond five or six p.m. and such. But the other thing as well is making sure I eat as well. Um, so, for instance, today I've been doing, I've basically spent an entire day pretty much just doing photo editing. And 
it's not hard, but some of it's tedious because some of the photos weren't that different. So I go to another photo and go, I've got to do the same modifications and stuff like that, uh, which was slow and arduous, um, which then meant at a certain point when I suddenly realised I'm really struggling at this, looked at the time, I went, oh, I better get some food. So I just took a pause, had some food, um, I watched uh, something on TV, and then I came back and continued with work. And I, I, I've mentioned this before, I've realised food is a very big thing for me in that if I'm not, if I've not drunk enough liquid, if I've not eaten enough, if I don't have that energy to expend, I can really struggle and I can feel horrible and horrible and horrible. But the last few years I've begun to realise, hang on, have, have I been eating and stuff? And that has helped. Maybe um, you do need to consume liquids and, and, and solid food. That's really weird, Neil. <laughs> I mean, very new. Breathe as well. I'm surprised. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. The oxygen thing you might find useful. Oh, and there's, so, is, so is it for you? Because I, I, I find something similar that if I'm really busy, I, I, I won't eat because I'll just work. I just work through, but that doesn't necessarily help you in advance, does it? It's, it's kind of retrospective. Oh, well, I haven't eaten anything. There's mm. something about being aware of the pitfalls you could slip into, though, isn't that's there? That's true. So, um, mm. Neil's very aware that if he's not careful, he could go a full day without doing that and then feel really shitty, which I, mm. I get that. It's, yeah. it's, it's another thing as well, making trying to not eat too late, because the main thing, if, if for instance, I have not eaten like an evening meal early enough the one risk that i'm more likely to get is indigestion and just feel horrible and struggle to go to sleep um and uh i've only had one case of bad indigestion for a while but that was stress induced which i think i mentioned a few weeks ago mm -hmm. um where basically i'd had a heavy heavy deadline uh like the night before managed to meet it but then had a busy day and then the following night I just woke up in the middle of the night with the most horrible indigestion I can remember. Um, and that was definitely stress-related because I hadn't eaten for a while. It was clearly something else and stuff. That sucks. Mm. But, um, but indigestion is something that I can't... So I, I, I did get it the other night. Not for long, uh, because it's a weird one as well, but it's a case of that obviously just causes issues for me as well because then it's a case of, oh, I'm not getting sleep, I'm feeling horrible. And it's knock-on effect there. So again... That's something I, I learned in the last 10 years. Like 10 years ago, I began to realise that was a thing that I definitely needed to be careful on, even how I sit and such. Uh, but yeah. Um, but yeah, it, 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 with, with uh, making sure I handle my time carefully and be, being careful not to feel like I'm wasting time, which is why I sort of try and set myself goals each day to go, I need to accomplish stuff. I don't necessarily need to have loads of things to do, but if I make sure I feel like, okay, I definitely hit that target and such, and it's an achievable target, that helps. Has there ever got any less concern about timescales and goals that Neil's talking about? Because um, you know. I, 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 I loathe to-do lists and targets. Uh, I find them like innately stressful things. I'd much rather have a very rough sketch of the things I need to do. But that, that, that's, I'll do that's, those, but, that's not what I mean. Damn your goals, man. No, because, thank you. Well, that's all right, though, isn't it? Everyone, that, I think the point is here is, is we're all individual. And mm. so, Neil, you respond well to setting yourself small targets. Well, and, well yeah, and, and it, by small, it is very small. So, for instance, yeah. I went, 
I've got uh, well, it's essentially multiple photo sets, but two photo sets uh, from two different people that I needed to get some work from. And it was a case of right, I want to achieve a chunk of that. And then as I've been working on one of the things today, I went, I need to pause on this because it was like a, 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 there was like three hundred odd photos taken in it, and I went, I need to break this up. And then go, I can feel comfortable. I've done that many. And there's a sensible point I can pick up again. I get what you're saying. I think the point is, is, is about, we're talking about being aware of our own mental health, aren't we, here? And, and I suppose what, what we're alluding to in different ways is that some of us notice different patterns that we can fall into. Some of us notice little signals and alarm bells that things aren't okay. And some of us realise that certain things are going to be helpful and unhelpful to us. And, and that, those are good things to, to put out here because people listening could perhaps consider that for themselves, couldn't they? How will it is I'll know that if I'm not doing too well? Well, maybe I'll notice this in myself or maybe I'll notice that I'm doing that or maybe someone will say this. How, what do I need to avoid for, for me to slip into that bad place? We're, we're hitting on some relevant stuff here, I think. Some of the uh, first stuff they taught us when we went into counselling was to try and keep a, a, at least a mood diary. Yeah, I was uh, just going to say that. Perhaps a good way to do it. And I, and I knew that didn't you keep diaries at one point, Nick? Yeah, I used to keep dream diaries and mood diaries and all sorts of stuff yeah. um, until it felt like it was a. It, it became such an overwhelming task. It, it had gone beyond the point that it was useful. Yeah, um, well, that, you don't want it to be something that becomes a task and causes stress, of course. No, in, indeed. I, it was very good. It's it good at the beginning because it's like, right, okay, so you're not happy. You're in, you're in a bad place. Can you describe what that means? No. Right. Uh, so you need you now need to every day at least make a note of. You know, was this a, a five out of ten day, a, a ten out of ten day, to at least get some kind of map of where you are in the world? And that and that's was really just checking handy. in, really. It's just oh, kind yeah, of yeah. it's just formalizing the check in a little bit, but it's mm. it's making it a routine, a daily routine, and it's practicing feeling out for signals in your body or mm. thoughts that are running through your head or like feelings, moods. Well, I, I think that, I think doing it for the first time was really strange because um, I. I don't know, maybe people are being brought up better to consider counselling aspects of their lives and stuff. Therapy seems to be ever-present in TV and films these days. Maybe, yeah. it's a, maybe it's a more general concept that, you know, to know where you are in your own headspace. Um, but without without having done that at least once, you've got nothing to compare it to the next day. And keeping some kind of a track of it is good. I know people that do it just through how many posts they put on Instagram in a day. You know, if they're like an, a 10-picture-a-day 10, 10 Instagrammer, and they've only done four, then maybe they were really busy or maybe there was something more serious going on. Yeah, I wouldn't notice because it's just one less bowl of soup that I have to look at. So for <laughs> me, that's great that they're not posting that. But for other people, that, those signifiers are, are different for, for all of us. And how we detect change is by observing our past as well as our present. And that takes some motivation on its own. Something that helps me gauge with where I'm at sometimes as well, because I could find that, I get so wrapped up in day-to-day -day things that I, I could easily lose touch with myself a little bit. So trying to speak, trying to check in with with a certain person every now and again for me is helpful. There, are, there's a good friend I have, and then there's a group of people that I can speak with. The point is when I when I speak to those people or check into those places, I very quickly realise how things have been for me since I last spoken to them. Mm. Um, so there's something about that as well that maybe making an effort to speak to a certain someone or to check in with a certain group of people if 
if it's helpful. For me, it is because I realise actually, do you know what? As I'm speaking to you, I realise actually oh, I've been a bit flat this past few days. What's that about kind of thing? So that's just another thing to throw into the mix. That makes a lot of sense. I think some people do enable you to hold a mirror up to yourself in, in other ways. I, I suspect that's with people we've known for a very long time because then you do have the historic um, you know, patterns of, of how do I normally feel when I talk to you? You know, the people that we expect to talk to and feel all chipper and up with, and then we're not for some reason. That I, That's a useful note. Yeah, well, there's that, gauging how you would normally feel, but there's also kind of, if you, if you, if you have it or if you are able to create it, just that that space um, is just a, a, a good space for you to kind of think out loud and, and you're allowed to do it kind of thing. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, I think some of that's about the people you can be honest with. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, they'll give you feedback or give you the space and listen or whatever. Mm. So, the, the, the only reason I mention that specifically is it's quite hard to be honest with yourself, which is the usual beginning point of all counselling and therapy, that, right, you need to stop lying to yourself that everything is fine. Um, because you then, Nick. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's Yeah, everything is clearly fucked. However, I don't really want to do any of these things, so I'm just going to pretend everything is sort of all right. And <laughs> this spiral is perfectly normal, right? Which which circle of hell is this? How nice to see them all on this little scenic draw. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's easier. It, we, we're used to presenting many different faces to other people all the time in in the world. <clears throat> in the world, you know, we are different people to everyone else that we interact with. And it's very easy to do that for ourselves. I think I've moved on somewhat in some senses because. Um... I got a phone call from, uh, well, not a phone call, one of the, uh, on Messenger or something, from a friend of mine from Liverpool who's now living in Australia and has been for like 20 years or something. And I haven't spoke to him for, I don't know, 15 years. And um, so uh, I missed it and I phoned him back and he said, oh, I've just cracked open a beer. And I thought I'd, uh, I'd say hello to someone. I saw you online and that. And so we were just chatting about what we've been up to for like the last 15 years. Um, uh, me forgetting the fact that obviously with stuff online we both knew what we'd both been up to properly <laughs> <laughs> years. And, then, and then towards the end of the conversation he went, anyway, how's your mental health? I see you've had problems with that, haven't you? And it really, you know what? I, I'd almost, I wouldn't say I'd forgotten but it was just it was just, it just struck a chord actually it was just really blunt he's a great bloke Um and he meant it in a most positive way, and I'm really glad I had the conversation. But it really did floor me, actually. I was just thinking, God, yeah. Uh, maybe I was just grateful for where I've come from. Yeah, yeah that, that, was a, that was a great contrast for you to be given. You know, that, that yeah, the, the last, last, time, last thing I saw from you online was that you're in a real mess. How are you doing now? Oh, yeah, I forgot I was ever in a real mess. Yeah, that seems pretty good. <laughs> well, so that's, the, that's one of the benefits of... Uh... You know, technology and online and all of that, as opposed to seeing that someone had salmon for dinner, you know, um, yeah. you can actually really pick up on things of significance as well. It's true. I quite like my Facebook memories, which are throwing me back things from seven or eight years and two jobs ago, which is a complete disaster and catastrophe every single day of utter morons as well as some delightful people. And I just see them pop up Facebook memories like, I want the world to die. I hope I can go to work with a knife and just end everything. I, uh, yeah, I feel a lot better than that. Great. Um, I didn't. I never took a knife into work. They already had them there in the kitchen. It was fine. Yeah, no. um, but I, I find that useful. But then uh, I'm not going to find that useful in about five years. So I post so much less on things like Facebook. 
Um, so I don't know what I'm going to use instead. But uh, I keep my like weekly diary of things that I've watched and read on my website, which I've finally restarted doing. And I find that quite useful for tracking what I've done and what I haven't done. Out of interest, have you restarted that because you're wanting to do it and we're doing it anyway, or partly because of the current situation as well? Oh, no, I don't care about the pandemic for that. No, um, no, it's something that I did a few years ago and found quite useful. So I don't, I'm, I'm quite present focused. I don't No, no that, that's what I mean. Is, is it something that you, you've started up again now just because you were going to do it anyway? Such? Well, I've, I've been thinking about doing it again anyway for like two years, but hadn't actually started until January. Um, because in the past, it was I, I liked it because I'm not I don't don't have strong sets of memories about my like 20s and the big chunks of my teenage years. And so if I don't make some notes about what I've at least been watching or reading, it's all gone. And it's, there's just nothing there to, to grasp back for. Um, so this at least tells me that, oh, yeah, I at least watched a TV show. Well done. Um, it's, it's a measurement of some kind of success. We should move on to, uh, to the second half of this thing then. You, yeah. You it in two parts. That was very useful to think about. Yeah, we talked about it's not just about being aware of ourselves and our own mental health. It's about attempting to be aware of other people's mental health. Yeah, and we want to talk about quite fitting that this is the smaller section because people have their own responsibility, and there's less we can do for other people, I suppose. But mm, that's true. We spend a bit of time about that, couldn't we, before we wrap up? Yeah, so we're going to talk about like how can you tell if someone is in need or is what might you do? Place? Yeah, yeah. You know, what is it that tips you off about people? Well, there's um, one thing that uh, it's an expert. So when I went to Derby Uni, and I can't remember if I've talked about this before, but the wellbeing service at Derby Uni, Uni when I was there was amazing. I believe they're still very good now as well, but I've just not spoken to any of the staff. Um, and they had like an early induction course for students who had physical and learning disabilities and such. I've got dyslexia and stuff. And Anyone who'd been on that, they asked if they wanted to volunteer to help in the following year. So I also got training and stuff. And one of the things that I became aware of from that were part of the training is to go just be aware of people around you, especially people that you're looking after. So especially because obviously people who might be on the autistic spectrum, um, uh, people who obviously may have other uh, factors about them and physical factors as well, people with physical disabilities as well learning to be just considerate and thinking what's this situation potentially going to affect other people and especially on the fact that something that a learning disability or a mental health factor isn't necessarily obvious and even then if you think about people with physical disabilities and wheelchairs plenty of people forget that they're in a wheelchair when they start chatting to them at times and then forget that they can't do certain things or that they're limited. I suppose it could be even more difficult to pick up to know what someone's internal kind of yeah. pictures then couldn't it yeah. and, and and one of the things that from the training got that i realized very quickly and me and my friends who actually also like for the following years volunteered and stuff was we realized that we would try and be very carefully aware of people around us and sort of take notes or and started realizing there are certain patterns when people are obviously uncomfortable that sometimes some people are oblivious to and it's an awkward one because until you start spotting those patterns, you can't necessarily do anything. But sometimes just a, a, an element of empathy and just trying to sort of go, is there something that maybe I need to be observant about um, regarding this? And especially if you 
meet anyone you find and you learn them as a friend they have certain like triggers or something like that just literally being observant you may have forgotten something's been said but then might spot oh they've gone very quiet all of a sudden in this conversation is it something there and it's it's like it's frustrating because it's something that can only happen as you have experience but being prepared to think is there something that maybe i need to say or do or just steer a conversation away from for the time being can be a factor and sure so, so it's being open to the idea that other people may have needs that you yeah. haven't necessarily considered other people are real people and and have as full and complex uh sort of messy i know i know I normally like to think they're all just automata and i think that's much more comfortable in so many ways but yeah remembering that other, other people do have internal lives when you interact is not the whole thing i've seen the other day actually um about this whole idea of people who are um, mentally or physically disabled or restricted in different ways. I was wondering whether one of the one of the nice positive outcomes from this, or was hoping, sorry, not wondering, I was hoping that one of the outcomes that is the general population have had a small taste of what that's like. You know, they've been restricted, they can't do things, they can't access to stuff. Things are really difficult. You can't just go and do something and not think about it. You can't just get on a bus, you can't just go to the shops. Um, maybe one of the things is that it's given us an insight into people who are restricted in, in different ways and, and, and maybe now we might think, do you know what, maybe we should do something about that. You know, maybe all those things about, well, let's not do anything for people who can't do this, that and the other because there's only like, you know, a small amount of them, so what does it matter? Well, this is what it's like, so maybe we should do something about it. Well, maybe we won't. There's, there's something with that as well. One of my friends who um, has uh, physical limitations, uh, they post a meme very much talking about the fact of going, please understand this is how I've had to live my life sporadically for the last couple of decades and stuff. Um, and the thing is, I've known that, but I also suddenly realised, oh yeah, I understand that even more now. And I hadn't, and it was only because of our current situation did I have an even greater understanding of it. Because whilst I was empathetic to it, until I experienced some restrictions myself, it meant that I wasn't necessarily grasping it nearly as much. Yeah, the, the, the empathy is just sympathy until you've got some experience of it. Um, which, and yeah, that's fine. Uh, I, I think it, it sounds, it sounds like we're saying we, we need to be uh, open and aware that other people may have issues. I think it's okay to just ask people, you know, it, it's. It's really hard to know what's going on. People are such good actors. We all are. That's I'm why those was un- those was up in therapy and counselling. No one else had any idea because we just we mask all the time, and that's that's a normal state. It's all right to ask people. Yeah, I agree, and and that's what I was going to say for this section is ultimately for me what it boils down to is is ask, um, and that doesn't mean to say that we need to be on the lookout and then ask it just. Ask, you know, we can check in with friends regularly, can't we? And I think I, I myself just make it a point of doing that, not because it's like a job or because I'm trying to consciously track it necessarily, but just because, you know, I appreciate the people around me. And so, yeah, so I think I think it boils down to that is you can always just ask, check in with someone. I think they have a responsibility for how much they want to share and if they do want to express something. Um, you know, people do mask and hide things and, and people have the right not to 
share that with people, don't they? But you could just ask. I think what we can do is create opportunities for where yeah. that ask and that share can take yeah. place. And I know instead that's weird at the moment. As well, instead of guessing and yeah. coming up to your own conclusions. Uh, I think Nick's right, though. It's, it's good to actually, rather than just directly asking them, give them the opportunity to, you know, to, to, to mm-hmm. tell you, rather than uh, that stupid question of how you are sort of thing. That's um, true. You know, because you can ask and then feel like you've got to do something about it. And a lot of time, there's probably not much you can do. But well, the, yeah. act, the act of asking may well have been enough yeah. um, to help someone recognise the, the state that they're in. Yeah, that, even that if they is. don't uh, say it to you, they might afterwards think, oh, actually, do you know what? Yeah, hmm, I, I did snarl at them, can, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I suppose you can share where you're at as well, you know. Like you can say, look, I've noticed blah, blah, blah. I'm just a bit concerned. I just want to check out, you know, check in with you. You can bring yourself into it, can't you? But like you say, there's responsibility and stuff. One of the things I know we discussed is potentially the other thing of not necessarily asking, maybe asking, but having the making sure people know that they can feel safe in being able to go, can I speak to you? Or that you are able to listen and offering those options. I mean, I've I've said... Creating that kind of culture or... Just, just making everyone around you know that that that's the way it can be with us, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, I, I get that. I think that's why what I was saying earlier. When I have a certain friend that I know I can go to and stuff, I'm very clear on that. I think you're right there. That's something that we try to, at least in a small way, with our little improv community at Miss Imp, because obviously most of us normally see each other on a Thursday night. You know, go for a drink after messing around on stage for a bit, and that's the bit that I'm missing. It's my only real night out in the week. And I know that's true for lots of other people. So we've been running like a sort of virtual pub in the evening for, you know, 10 or 15 people who come along, split them up into a little conversation, get to have a chat. And, you know, I think, I think that provides a space to see how other people are doing and creates the opportunity for asking people how they are. Because it can be quite a weird forced thing to do otherwise, especially at the moment, sending like a, a bulk WhatsApp out. Hi, how are you? So 200 people <laughs> would be quite weird. Um, but creating a space where there's only a few of you uh, is potentially more productive. There's one quick thing I think that is worth as well mentioning when, when speaking to people and sort of obviously if you spot someone and maybe want to offer help is still be considerate of the language you use because probably the thing that I've known has not me at times and I, I know other things where, where someone says, oh, I know what you're going through. And sometimes the situation is they can't possibly know what it is. It's trying to find language to go, I understand there's an issue. But sometimes, unless you've experienced it yourself, you need to be very careful how you phrase it, because that can actually make someone... That's, pre- that's a pretty bold statement to say to someone, though, isn't it? You know, I know what you're going through. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and this is the thing. And, and unless they're Dara Stokes or something like that. or uh, you know. Well, it's, it's, it's this thing of... I think the reason that at one point I used to do that was because I saw it in TV and films all the time and such. So it was just a learned phrase. So when basically I started spotting, and I did spot it was in TV shows that started pointing out, maybe we should have people <laughs> back against this. Mm. But, um, <laughs> Is there any other, any other things from TV shows you to say people? That was... <laughs> I would always just put down the phone without saying goodbye because they always seem to do that on films. <laughs> oh, that's it. Oh, I like that. Light up a cigarette, take a couple of puffs, and then put it out for no reason. Um. 
I like going hunting giant dangerous animals with a, a very understaffed crew in a vehicle not really designed for it. That's, that's what I've learned. <laughs> it works out well. I was just going to say I'm conscious of time and maybe maybe it would be appropriate just to think about where anyone, us or other people or whatever, could get support if they are feeling crappy. I mean, we're talking about mental health awareness, mm-hmm. checking in with ourselves, being aware of other people. I suppose ultimately that's got to that's got to lead to well, where can we get support if we need it? Huh? So I don't know if anybody has any thoughts about that. So you mean moving moving beyond the friends and family who you feel you can talk to? Well, I just suppose I mean we've been talking about how how to be aware of whether we're okay or not, and whether other people are okay or not, and and I, I suppose yeah, it, beyond speaking to friends and family, what if what if someone needs support? Um, well, I know this, this this week is is run by the Mental Health Foundation. Yeah, uh, and they're they're always always there with different options for people. Uh, and obviously, if you go online, it's just Mental Health Foundation, and it comes straight up. Um, and that, that, I think that's a good 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 way to find signposts for other services as well as themselves. Yeah, I, like I think that. there's so much out there actually in terms of support, isn't there? Uh, and yeah, so some, some, some of those charities obviously are specify sometimes go we deal with people we are people who have experienced with specific situations mm-hmm. and like and obviously you get that with large charities there's also obviously um like at the moment obviously it's a bit more limited but obviously there is your local nhs services there's gp services and stuff like yep. that you can potentially if they can't necessarily like gps may not be able to see it at the moment, but they might be able to certainly point you in the direction of who else to contact and stuff like that as well so you can often true. self you can often self refer to to your local kind of mental health. Uh, uh, I was going to say mental health uh, service service, yeah, but not so much yeah. like the hospital and the wards, etc., mm. and the crisis team and all that. Although you can get in touch with those, but uh, yeah. the something called minds matter in most areas, but it might be different. In, it's different in different areas, but it's where the GP could refer you for for counselling or talking therapy or cbt that kind of thing you can self-refer as well um a A friend of mine the other week actually self-referred and and um they got seen to really quickly i don't know whether that's changed recently or because there's more spare capacity because people aren't doing it but but that was really that was really good it's not always fast i I went through my gp years ago and they were great i know people's experiences vary but i found very helpful and went from them to um i think it's let's talk well-being around here or at least it used to be yeah Um, so i'm sure it's minds matter well it's the main mm -hmm. one Um, and i know that's minds matter in a few other places but it really does depend on locality Mm -hmm. sometimes you can be put on a long waiting list unfortunately but um like you say experiences may vary and stuff and another thing is check with your employer because usually now employers will have an employee assistance program um, that's true I always forget about ours mm. pretty quickly actually usually it's there so use it it's being paid for and usually that mm. can be telephone or online which is relevant to people at the situation we're in now there's always private as well if if someone's really desperate or wants that completely removed service from anywhere else but there are options yeah. there for people there, there are millions of options it's potentially a little overwhelming but it's worth knowing that there are very many people out there who are passionate about helping with this stuff. In the Samaritans as well, time-tested. Time yep. It's not an ongoing regular thing necessarily like counselling would be, but they're on the end of the phone if you want someone to talk to immediately and just need that 
support there and then the Samaritans is, is... Think about your own friends and family as well, you know, you'd be surprised. Oh, of course, yeah, of course. They're, they're yeah. friends of yours for a reason, aren't they? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I suppose we were just saying beyond that, if for some reason that's not an option or yeah. if you feel that you don't want to go there. But yeah, absolutely, friends and family. And then yep. what, what, one other thing as well, like some sometimes obviously if you get referred to a service, you may sometimes have to be in a wait for something. There are support groups out there that potentially you can speak to and they can still give you some interim really support good and stuff like yep. that as well and such. And there are, there are even kind of um, free kind of online places where you can just kind of, you can get online chat with people and stuff like that. But um, I just say be aware of kind of checking it out, make sure it's legit and confidential and that you're not just speaking to anybody and stuff. But I suppose the point is there's there's a lot of support out there if you if you want it. It's just you know, reach out and get it, not suffer in silence. Yep. I think that's a good I think that's an important message. It's okay to not feel great, but you don't have to stay that way. Paradoxical theory of change. The only way to move something on is to acknowledge where you're at. It seems to match up all right with physics. <laughs> Yeah, that's so good. I think that brings us to a conclusion quite nicely. Are we, are we doing TV series special that that, that, that one there? <laughs> TV series that sounds great. But we'll cover casualty and how well they've uh, dealt with mental health over the years. <laughs> if um, you want, if you want some kind of banal program to watch, it's got eight series and two films. Watch Psych, um, that's um, like a uh, detective I've seen thing. A bit of that. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just. Ace, just wallpaper. Hey, well, I've just picked up again. Yeah. X-Files. There you go. We're watching Elementary with um, Johnny yeah. Lee Miller and Lucy Liu as, as Holmes and Watson. So much more fun than the BBC Holmes. <laughs> just a really enjoyable show. It's great. Yeah, it's good. I agree. Mm, cool. Some brain kill. Good. All right, Dan. If you've been affected by anything next we've time. about tonight, yes. yeah, that's cool. We were kind of hoping you were Thanks for if watching. If you've been affected by anything tonight, then that's great too. You're probably fine. Now I can't of find course, the button. Of course, if you say it. you're fine, there's a good chance you aren't. <laughs> so you might also have been affected. And if you've been affected before, you probably will be again. Please talk to someone. It can get better. And together we can survive. We are what we overcome. Side for some big strike.